0: tonight! Uh, TV party tonight! Oh! we got nothing better to do than watch TV
1: and have a couple of brews.
0: Don't want to talk about anything else.
1: We don't want to know.
0: We're dedicated yes. to our favorite shows! Oh, my circuits! Everybody launch your photos. Good evening. You are listening to a Rattelage Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, once again, our favorite show is Stargirl Season 2, Summer School, not starring Mark Harmon. No, um, I'm out. <laughs> brought to you by the good people at Berlanti Productions, Mad Ghost Productions, DC Entertainment, Warner Brothers Television Studios, and The CW. And joining me as he has for the first season of Stargirl from the Resurrections podcast featuring uh, Adam Warlock and Thanos, it's Al Sedano. How do you do, sir?
1: I'm good. How you do?
0: What's up? Ready to talk some, you know, teenagers beating up things? Yes, absolutely. I, I am ready for the drama, the melodrama. <laughs> By the way, I, ha- I do have to one day get you and Sheehan on here, so j- just to have all of that Long Islandness together. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs>
1: never lived on Long Island.
0: That, well, you were from New York, though, right? If I remember, I
1: was correctly. born in Brooklyn. Yes,
0: we're close enough. It's on the same physical island. <laughs> um, I know my New York geography. Anyway, moving it's on.
1: It's close enough, right? New York, Buffalo, Long Island, all the same.
0: That's right. Uh, you just heard Al not that long ago. Um, he was with Jesse doing source material. They covered the second half of the Stargirl by Jeff Johns book. Um, I listened to the show, but just as a quick recap, what would you think of the uh, the second half of that book?
1: Uh, the second half of the book is pretty good. I
0: think it does answer a lot of the issues you guys had with it.
1: With, mm-hmm. uh, with her behavior. Yeah, it definitely does get mellowed out there you could definitely see where they were going trying to go with the show i mean the, the, the series they were trying to wait well, you mean the comic right yeah. yeah you could definitely see where they were trying to go with uh, the series they were trying to make it more like the starman series mm-hmm. and but unfortunately it got canceled too soon and also i checked i think it's the inker because there's a lot of stuff i liked by that artist and it looked very different from the stuff that you saw and i was checking it out it's different anchors so i think the inker was the issue with the art because okay. i don't like the art on his Lee Motors aren't in Stars and Stripe as much as I liked it on, let's say, Legion of Superheroes.
0: It was a lot you. nicer there. Listening to you and Jesse talk about Star uh, Stars and Stripe. Um, I, I I I was thinking back to our conversation about the first season of Stargirl and how petulant she starts off and you know she starts to find her way later on. But it's a it's a bit of a trip there. And it seems like it, it seems like more so than I think The Flash or some of the definitely Arrow and some of these other CW shows. They really did lift this show right out of that comic book. Like, yes, it, it, it. They took great care. It seems like to to get the characterizations dead on,
1: especially that first season. It's like, okay, Shining Knight, check. Dragon King, check. Shiv, check. Like, let's see, what else we got there.
0: Yeah, they. um I mean, I mean, the Flash in the first season had a lot of his rogues gallery too. But you know. <clears throat> I think some people have complained, and I don't want to get off on a side thing about that, but some people have complained that some, some, a lot of the stuff in Flash and Supergirl and some of these other ones feel like in-name only, whereas this one felt like it came right off the page.
1: And, yes, there is a bit of that. I mean, and also this is – and this is definitely pertaining to this show, especially for season one. The thing is mm-hmm. Flash, Supergirl, there were like 30, 40, 50 years of stuff that they can do. Right. And a lot of it is from a time period where it, wasn't, it was just kind of like done-in-one stories. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times they were aimed at 10 to 12 year olds. Right. So it's not going to really work to adapt like the origin story of Barry Allen exactly for the show. It would not work. But Stars and Stripe was a 14 issue series. It's a lot easier to do that all because they had to wrap up stuff. Mm -hmm. So except for some of the subplots that they were planning on that they kind of had to drop because they never were able to get to them. It's a lot easier, to, and since it was done only, what, 99, I think it was? It's a lot easier, a lot more modern to do that as the the base blueprint for the first season.
0: Right. Also, you don't have to deal with... Funny, I actually mentioned The Flash and Supergirl, and you know they both die and get resurrected, get replaced by other people. There's 900 iterations of them. This is a quaint story by comparison. Stargirl is a nice little story with a nice little girl who has a magic staff and a big robot. When you compare it to... When you compare it to her her contemporaries, it's like, wow, this, this is almost too simple. I have to say, Al, you know, we we both were both very positive, I think, on the first season. It starts yes. out a little rough. It's a little Greg Berlanti, a little melodramatic, and she's a little insufferable in the beginning. But as we talked about, as season one progresses, her relationship with Luke Wilson develops. The other characters start to find their footing. And by the end of it, it was a, it was a well-told, nice little story. I'm gonna tell you, I loved season two. I actually think season two is a much better written season than the first season. Like, it, like a lot of my quibbles about season one seem to have gotten fixed in season two. What do you think of it generally? I really did like it. I really enjoyed season two a lot. I like the fact that they were to make a good
1: continuation. And since I, I may, maybe I liked it a little better in the first afterwards now because the first mm-hmm. I kind of had an idea where we we're gonna do with it anyway. Mm-hmm. So they were to do a little bit new and advance the characters. It wasn't just, okay, let's get on. We know there's going to be a Wildcat. We know there's going to be, let's get on with the characters now doing things and not just starting and learning. You know, let's advance this a bit. So I was, I was happy with that.
0: So when we left season one, they had uh, broken up the ISA. The characters had died. There was, a, you know, a, a lot of what Yolanda has to deal with in this season is her guilt and trauma over having killed Brainwave um they deal they deal with the younger brother who and and i do want to talk about him at length but i have to i'll just say right up front he they did a much better job of writing him this season than they did the the last season last season we talked about he's kind of he's kind of been from growing pains for a while and (laughs) useless yeah uh and and angry and and i use the word insufferable already he's just annoying once they got him and the mother Mm -hmm.
1: knowing they got to be more than just the little brother and the right. mom, because that's really all they got to be for most of that first season because they didn't know. So they had to be kind of sidelined from anything. Right.
0: But, you know, I, I specifically cited Ben from Growing Pains because, you know, Ben was this character who uh he was kind of when once he got out of the little kid face and got to be a middle schooler, he got to be kind of mean to his brother and sister. And, you know, he was just sort of a goofy dope, um, an angry, goofy dope. And the little brother starts off that way. In uh, I should call him by his actual name. Uh, he starts off that way in season one. What I like about him in season two is that now that he knows, he's more. He, he he's presented with so much more earnest. He wants to be a part of the team, and he's just trying to figure out where he fits in. Yeah, but he wants to
1: help. He doesn't want to be a problem, and he does. Right. He's not trying to just, um, yeah, get her in trouble. Right. Yeah, he actually wants to be involved and help and be part of their lives and so, also you know, have fun and fight you know fight with a robot sure doesn't
0: that. um and but the, re- and the whole reason why i went off on, on that side tangent was because they, they deal with him killing icicle and you know and he and he has to say multiple times throughout season two it was an accident i lost control of the car yeah i woke up and there's this guy oh. <laughs> what what to do um but yeah i like the way they handled him so every So what I like about season two, um, and I have to give credit where credit's due. A lot of the CW manages to do this. There are consequences for what happens in previous seasons. They may not always last, but, you know, these characters go through stuff and it affects them. Yolanda spends a lot of this season dealing with killing Brainwave, and it affects every decision that she makes. And I actually think that's really, really good writing. Um, We have Stargirl, our titular uh, lead in this who she she found her place in being star girl that's that's the whole arc of the first season is you know she she didn't want her mom to be remarried she didn't want to move and all of these things you know she was sort of being a brat about but then she finds the you know the star man stuff and it's about becoming responsible and growing into that role and all of that well now she's done all of that so what to do next (laughs) and it was funny i was thinking about this um with uh, we were, we were talking about Spider Man before I turned on the recorder tonight, and uh, in one of the movies, I was I was t- talking about this with my son. Similar to Star Girl, it's like okay, well, yeah, it was the Tom, it was the first Tom Holland uh, Spider Man movie, Homecoming, where he's like, well, I've been in Civil War now, I I, I want to be Spider Man all the time. I don't want to give this up. I wa- yeah. I love being a superhero, which which tracks for a young you know teenage person. You know, I got to fight Captain America. Why would I want to give that up? And then Stargirl goes through that in the beginning, too. Very first episode, she's on patrol with the with the new JSA. And they're all like, there's no crime to be had here in Blue Valley. Nebraska. We're going home. I want to go home. Well, and she is having a difficult time reconciling that.
1: It's very much, she has like a kid's version of... Or, like, a, you know, of some, or somebody who's watched romantic comedy's version of marriage, mm-hmm. which is the big thing is the romance ahead. And then once you're married, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And for her, it's the same thing. It's like, every all this stuff happened, went through all this stuff, but now I'm a star girl. So mm-hmm. everything's fine. Cause now right. I got there, not realizing that, yeah, now that's the part that's harder. Now you got to stay it. Like yep. I said, like, be married. Now you have to work at that every day to make sure that you don't kill each other or anything, you know, yeah. or any of the problems. Well, but they, they, me and my they... wife just killing each other. Never mind. <laughs>
0: They they subtitled uh, the season summer school, and part of the reason, they, other than to be cute, part of the reason they did that was it. It was a signal. She got so obsessed with being Star Girl, she she forgot who she really was, and in doing so, she fucking flunks. Cool. She flunks school and has to go to summer school. Or else she right. stays behind. Right, and you know, and it's a it's a great first step in this in in the second season because. It's it, it shows that she has she still has some more growing to do. She has to figure out how to balance being who she really is with being Stargirl, which is not something that comes easy to her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, she has to balance
0: the whole work. It's that
1: whole work life balance thing,
0: that, mm-hmm. you know,
1: always gets easier as you get older. Always.
0: I, uh, it's so funny. The scenes with Yolanda in the beginning when she's working in the diner, I thought were like flashbacks or alternate realities or something. It took me a few episodes to realize, no, she just has a job.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get, I kind of forgot when that started. I'm like, did that happen last season? Or I guess, you know, all right. But then she had the job. I, 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 I wonder if they'll see that again next season. So well, she kind of quit abruptly towards the end of the, you know.
0: Yeah, I it will confuse me because I'm like, what I remember, I didn't, I haven't rewatched the first season, but what I remembered was he showed her boobs and then she wouldn't come out of a room until she became Wildcat.
1: Yeah. I got I mean, a remember a job. Yeah, that must have been in between. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have to go to summer school, but right. obviously she wants to get out of that house. Probably want to get out of the house. I mean, yes, that was not a good, she was not having a good home life. So.
0: No, they were keeping her in the high tower like Rapunzel
1: even going with this season, i mean, like, the one time the priest is worried and he talks to her mom and the mom is just, the priest almost look like he's about to tell the mom, shut up, no wonder she has a problem. <laughs> like, he had that look at his face like,
0: what is wrong with you? It's like, it's cr- you're the reason she has a problem, lady, shut mm-hmm. up. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Yolanda this season? Let's start there.
1: Oh, I mean, very angsty, but then again, I guess if you are a six-year-old girl who's killed somebody. Right you might am was raised very catholic obviously you probably would feel some guilt mm-hmm. so yeah i mean very melodramatic i know you mentioned that to me at some point in the last week because mm-hmm. like it got very melodramatic mm-hmm. um it did help that once she quit they took her off the show actually for like the two or three episodes like she was it helped in the fact that both you felt the absence of her presence she was completely gone she wasn't even there to see but also, the melodrama, I think, didn't get too horrible or too annoying of every episode because we didn't have to now see her pouting and you know comp- being upset about that for like three episodes.
0: Yes, we didn't get the Twilight thing. I don't know if you've ever seen it where uh, Belle is, is staring out the window and the camera spins around as the seasons change.
1: Uh, I have to see that. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> well, Oi! Yeah, uh, I know.
1: But yeah, so it's like once she came back, it's like it was like, oh, I missed you. There you are. And, and yeah. it wasn't that bad at that point.
0: Yeah, no, I really uh it, it's probably part, part of why I'm, I'm stuck on this it's one of the best parts of the season um I mean there, there are not there are some not great things about this season but in general that was one of the better things that she because I think too too often in a lot of these shows um when the, you know when the hero kills the villain it's or the narrative is, is very much caught up in it was out of necessity it was kill or be killed you know and a lot of, the, you know, and, the, and, and most of the time, these, these are adult people. They have a little bit more better coping skills and whatnot. Here you have the 16-year-old girl, Catholic or not, who just had to kill a man. And while everyone is trying to tell her and convince her that it was kill or be killed, it was okay. You were justified. I was justified. Have you ever seen that show? Yes. Um, <laughs> she, it's like, I, justification does not absolve the moral implications. As it she were still feels it was wrong, even though mm-hmm.
1: even even whether or not it, she could be convinced it was justified or the only way right? doesn't mean she still that, that doesn't help her at all.
0: And I I think, um, you know, when, when there's so much killing in the culture, you know, <laughs> there's so much violence on on television, as they say in Family Guy, um, violence and movies, violence in sex and movies and TV, TV. however the line goes um but i i often think that i don't think people really consider the gravity of killing another human being it's kind of easy come easy go and it was nice to see a character really like no this no killing a person taking a life is is not easy and it does weigh heavily on you and it can affect you and especially if you're a kid it's going to affect you even more and i like the fact they took time to deal with that that it also wasn't resolved in one issue with a speech yes
1: yeah. They tr- she tried to do that towards the end when Courtney tried to get mm. her back. And she's like, no, this doesn't help. You're not helping. Go away.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love that ending where, where she's like, did you-, she's like, look, I helped because I, you know, because I felt an, a moral obligation to you. It changes nothing. I'm still so mad that this all happened. I'm still having difficulties. Yeah. I'm, I'm like happy. I'm like, wow. Like, I'm impressed, man. Sometimes, the you know, the Berlanti universe writing is not great. But this was like I don't. This team they got together is pretty stellar. Um, I want to talk about uh, Beth next. Okay. What do you think of Beth this season? Uh, Definitely a character who came more to her own this season.
1: Mm -hmm. Felt less like a sidekick or a side character or a character, but or sidekick basically, Mm -hmm. and became trying to become more of a main character, coming out of her own shell and becoming her own person in this one. I mean, she stopped living for everyone else so to speak which is what the character was like the first season
0: yeah yeah the first season i, I said i use the word character. um she kind of, I, she has an earnestness about her that i like she has a a genuineness a an innocence uh it's you know i'm glad not everybody as soon as they put on a sparkly outfit becomes a ninja you know yeah. she she I, I her story about being lonely and finding friendship in the goggles you know and and her being more of the you know the the whiz kid the computer kid to help solve problems and not a punchy ninja i thought was a nice addition to the dynamic um this season she felt I, all those things seem to have withered away and what we got was a real fully formed human being and she has a really great line in this show that i that i want to um i want to talk about she at one point is fighting with her parents, you know, the little that she does fight with them. But she ends up saying like, hey, look, not for nothing, as a paraphrase, but you people told me to go get friends, so I did. And they need me, and I'm going to go be with them. Yes. To you. <laughs> I love that part.
1: And you can see the look on their faces of like, what the hell just happened? Right. Because, yeah, you could. I've seen things like that or had things like that happen where people keep telling you something and then you do the thing they say and they're all shocked that it happened and confused.
0: Yes, because they want it done on their time, not, you know. (laughs) Well, it was
1: good for them, but now it's not
0: good for them, so don't do that. Right. But it was great. And I think my one problem with with Beth's storyline is that it's very much tied to her parents getting a divorce. And even though we have a couple of false starts and, you know, because we have to talk about the villain at some point, we have, you know, we have a villain who is using illusion to mess with people and manipulate them. I mean, we never really got the truth of why they were breaking up, and I thought that was a missed opportunity.
1: Oh, so you think there might have been more than just growing apart? And I mean, I kind of felt like that was kind of a thing from the beginning. You could see they were mm-hmm. never home, and they both were always working. It's not like they were never home together; they were both always so absentee, not just from her life, mm-hmm. but each other's lives. I
0: that- think I got caught up, and that's just a te- that's just a television trope. All, all all children live in a live in a place where their parents are never around. <laughs> they're all well, working that. or something.
1: Unless you're the main character, and your pa- unless your car- parents are main characters, then they're involved.
0: Right. right. Yeah. If you're if you're a kid on a television show, and the in this in the kids are the central uh, characters, yeah, your parents are always at work, or on a trip to Europe, or something.
1: Well, maybe they they, they the, the divorce came up because I mean, as part of the writing of the show, not in the mm-hmm. characters, but the writing, because they realized, hey, that's a reason to use this instead of just go. Right. What we did is the fact they're never around each other. Okay,
0: right. And I I just wish you're not wrong. It was touched. It was touched on. It was sort of pointed at from about 50 yards. But I think I, I don't know. Um, Probably anyone that watched this show has more of an opinion about it. Similar to yours than mine, where it's just like, who gives a crap? Like the parents are so far removed from the central narrative of what's going on in this show. Why why would you care that they got divorced? I'm like, I was interested. I really wanted to, I really wanted there to be kind of an emotional moment between Beth and her parents you know recognizing that things happen you know um you know and and people grow apart from each other and how is that going to affect Beth I feel like by the time they finally got around to all of that we were into the we were into the the, the third part of the season and yeah yeah well I
1: mean here's the thing they might be more involved because they know now what's going on at the end of the mm-hmm. season they know everything and they want to be very involved Mm-hmm. They're actually doing a reverse now of what they're being her from the first season, right? But yeah. does that is that going to last, or is that going to? I mean, you said you said, mm-hmm. before, you said earlier they do consequences. Will that last, or right. it, or will that still fizzle out halfway through the next season? They're back to where they were, ready to get divorced again.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of season three's been developed at this point, or scripted out. But if anyone's listening, if there's an intern from, you know, from Berlanti Productions listening to me, please do more with Beth's parents. I, I need to know. It's keeping me up at night. Perfect. Um, let's, uh, I don't have a whole lot to talk about with uh, the kid that plays our man too. Rick. Um, yeah, Rick, It uh, it. Because there's a couple of other characters we have to discuss, it almost feels like the one character that got short shrift in this season was Rick. Like I don't feel like he had much to do of anything
1: beyond the the Grundy
0: thing. Yeah,
1: making friends with Grundy. All right, and then you know again having his own melodrama. So mm-hmm. although again they did that well, where the fact is once he beat up his uncle and went to jail, for the most part he wasn't in those episodes. So again you right. felt I did I have to say again like they with Yolanda I like that it wasn't just we saw them there we actually felt their absence too. They were not mm-hmm. part of anything at all. So. It definitely made it feel like you know there's a problem now where like people are being lost. Like, look, they're gone and they're gone. We don't want right. to see them.
0: All right. So I got to ask you because you're you're my comic book expert, and, and and considering there's only two of us here, I don't know who else I would talk to, but you you are a comic book expert. A little. What something. is the deal with with quote unquote Green Lantern's daughter? <laughs> it, it, does that have any connection to any comic book character of any kind, or is yes. this a wholesale and in- okay? Please nope. take it away.
1: Jade and her brother Todd, or Obsidian, mm-hmm. are the children of the well, the Golden Age Green Lantern, Alan Scott. All right. Yeah. So he he is the one that recently came out as gay.
0: I, I was going to bring that up. Like that's him. He is
1: the okay. one from the forties. Yep. They were his children, although he didn't know he had. They were his kids. It was one, you know, one of those things that always happen. Of course, you know. Sure. You know, I think their mom is a supervillain, and they went crazy and led away, and then had the kids, and they were up for adoption. So again, is, that is that, that what happened? Their mom's a supervillain. Uh, from what I remember, yes. Okay. So yeah, I think she was on called the Thorn.
0: Okay.
1: So again, you know them being up for adoption. In fact, I don't think they were raised together. They were mm-hmm. both separated. So again, that tracks. Uh, the and yes, the power was she inherited the power. So it was more in her. She didn't have a ring in the com- in the comics. She just had uh, the she well her skin's green in the comics. Obviously, they're not doing that here. Right. But yeah, she just has that power at, in her inherently.
0: Okay. And is she is she a hero or is she a villain in the comics? Oh, hero!
1: She okay. first appears as part of a team called Infinity Inc. Okay, which was made up of all mostly made up of the children, or you know, uh, you know, heir, you know, heirs, or you know, the uh, proteges of the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. So, her, her brother Todd. Uh, let's see, their Brainwave Junior was part of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's not now because he's dead. Uh, there was a new Doctor Midnight named Doctor uh, Beth Chapel. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's where she comes from. Uh, Rick Tyler, the Second Hour Man, he was part of it.
0: Oh, okay. So this so, really is ripped from the pages of DC Comics.
1: Yeah, uh, their leader was was Skyman, who used to be the Star Spangled Kid. Okay. So they're mixing it a bit with. Yeah, basically, the show is basically Stars and Stripe, mostly mixed with Infinity Inc. Gotcha. Uh, a lot of I... these characters are all Infinity Inc. characters, and by the way, a lot of them also got killed later on by Eclipso. <laughs> including the new, including Beth, the uh, comic version of Beth has been dead since the nineties. Okay. Now she hasn't come back yet. Not that I'm aware of, but I've not as up to date on stuff as I have been like 15 years ago. So fair enough. Maybe.
0: So yeah, I had no connection to it and I'll tell you, um, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's a part of this where I would play on my phone, you know, just kind of listening, but bit of half paying attention. And uh, and, and so they introduce Jade early on. She breaks into the house Uh, Mm -hmm. she gets into a fist fight with Stargirl, which was pretty funny. And then it's like, oh, I'm Green Lantern's daughter. And because I have no connection to this, or I don't know where they're going with this. They did a really great job of making me as the viewer suspicious, just like Stargirl was, that she was pulling a fast one and was not who she said she was. An episode or two later, they resolve all of that and then she's gone. And I swear to God, Al, I probably shouldn't have been looking at my phone because I, I had no idea where she went off to. And they were, and they're they're dealing with elements of the plot. And I'm like, where did Screen Lantern's daughter she go? She just they didn't know either. She just ditched them. <laughs> she just she just went, she she went into another episode, is what she did. <laughs>
1: she basically went, Wait, what's the budget for the next two? Oh, okay, so I'm I'm not. You got no budget for me? All right, I'm out. I'll be back when you have time for me.
0: I have a Disney Plus show audition to go to. I'm out.
1: I mean, it's one of the things we have to accept. I have to, I've learned I had to accept with these TV shows, though, is mm-hmm. one of the changes it's going to be. It's like they're going to go by what their budget is. So, you know, it's right. like if we don't have the budget to keep all these people on, they're going to leave. Yeah. Because we can't afford to keep you all on every episode.
0: They do bring her back later. Uh, th- that Institute, is that anything from the comics? Or was that a...
1: I don't know. See, I never was really a big reader of Infinity, mm-hmm. Inc. I read okay. some of it, but I don't read all of it. And while I don't know about the Institute, I know there was a villain team
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, that uh, Infinity War fought called Helix. Okay. And uh, Mr. Bones is a, was a member of Helix at one point.
0: Yes, that is Keith David at the end, at the, in the season finale uh, that you just hear off screen. But I did a little bit of research and it, that, yes, Mr. Bones is a character who's being played by, um, who's being played by uh, the actor I just said, Keith David. Keith David. David. Keith, Keith David tips. I thought, God damn yeah. it! Um, long day at work. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I guess that'll be that's that's your lead in for season three, which this has been renewed for. So, hey, yes. we can do this again next year, Al. Yeah, um, frenemies. They yes, it. Fren- frenemies. That's because right. the
1: Crocs moved in next door, and that's one. Of the but real quick, that's one of the things I hope they don't forget to touch on. They said mm-hmm. the daughter broke them out of prison, so something had to happen that they can fix. maybe they were paroled. He was
0: yeah the big the, the, the big prison that they're in is overcrowded or something. who knows? <laughs> uh, you help save the world. okay, you can go back home early. Sure, that that works for me. Um, all right, so is there any uh, other characters um, let's probably talk about the shade. Uh, they, yes. introduce the sh- they introduce more of the shade. You become sort of a central figure here. He's sort of a tweener character. Uh, he has a really great line with Beth later on. And, and uh, not Beth, um, uh, Stargirl's mother. They have a really great dialogue exchange. They have some really fun chemistry on screen. Uh, they get to have a couple of scenes together early on. But later uh, later in the show where uh, Stargirl gets, goes into the dark dimension, whatever it's called. Um, the Shadowlands, yeah. Shadowlands, yeah. And the mother uh, finds the shade in the theater and she says something to him, and he was like, Don't threaten me. I still have enough power to kill you twice. And she's just like, Just do it then, because I don't want to be on this earth without my daughter. I mean, I used the word melodrama before, but there are times where these shows do get to me. And that line really did. And she's well, like, You know, yeah, kill me. I don't want little... to be on this... Go ahead. Sorry, no, go. I didn't interrupt. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish up first. Just, just that line I, I don't want to live without my daughter. Like, I've got kids. I mean, like, that, that really hit me hard. Yeah,
1: but also I don't think that was that's a melodrama thing because she's not being melodramatic, like crying and throwing things and just saying I don't mm-hmm. want to be here She's literally, right. he's like, I can kill you. She's like, Well, then just do the damn thing. You want to kill me? Right. Go right. ahead. Either kill me or help. You know, either way, mm-hmm. shut up and do something. Right. You know that was so that was good. I thought
0: that was great. Oh, yeah, I it's like, a great. it's a well acted bit.
1: Yeah. No. And again, she got more to do this season because now she's part of it and involved. Mm-hmm. So it's great. But yeah, no, Shade was great because Shade, again, that's very much the Shade from Starman. He was a villain, mm-hmm. but it's, and they kind of got to this at the end of the season, except it's a different city. But in Starman, it's the town, Opal City, where it takes place, mm-hmm. where basically he views that as his home. So it's like, yeah, I might go commit crimes in other places, but you don't crap where you eat. Right. And while he's not a, you know, he's like, I might not be a hero, but, you know, if someone's going to like destroy the whole town I live in, right. You know, as the line says, that's where I keep all my stuff. <laughs> right. I'm gonna stop the guy from destroying the town I live in because I live here. You know, I he might says, give you some advice, but I'm not gonna. Like, he's not a hero. He's like, yeah, I right. like this place.
0: I think he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I was with the the ISA. They served my needs at the time, but I'm nearly not into all the things they were into, and I moved on with my life." Yeah. He's he's not. I would not all the way call him a villain so much as he's an opportunist. He's definitely chaotic neutral. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something like that, yeah. He's a bit more of a gentleman thief, yeah. You know, he's not gonna kill people if he doesn't have to. It's and he's like to him, it's like that's so easy and sloppy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's more, you know, he is more panache than that. Like you said, when they face his own death, he's like, you know, he likes the bit of the drama and the, you know, he likes a bit of the theater.
0: Sure, you know? I like the guy. The guy that played him, I, I don't have the cast stuff in front of me, but the guy who played him, I thought did a really good job of of hitting the right note between earnest and pompous. Yeah. so i thought they did a good job with him i like his exchanges with luke wilson luke wilson <laughs> luke wilson in the first season all he wanted to do was just be a dad just just be a dad and he wanted to fix cars and be a dad and this the this, this damn girl got into his box with his magic step and now all how all, all of this drama is happening and he just wants a nice normal life and he can't get it you know and then the, and then we, we get a little bit more of that where he's like, okay, I, I accept that that being a superhero and Starman and, you know, in my robot, they're a part of my life. They're not going anywhere. But can we all just have a sandwich? Can we all just have a nice little dinner together? Oh, Jonathan Cake <laughs> is the name of the
1: actor who plays the Shade.
0: Thank you. And uh, this is more, we get more of that with Luke, Luke Wilson. This is actually, going back to Stargirl, she and him have such great chemistry, especially this. I didn't catch it in the first season, but this season... Um, uh Basinger and Luke Wilson have I don't want to say like sexual chemistry because that's gross
1: well it's different type there's different types yeah. of chemistry to have sure. and they have good you know I mean
0: it's good they do have chemistry, chemistry
1: but yes. forgetting the the age of the actor you know the, yeah. the character you know the actors you know both of them are over eighteen, but she's still only like 22 or 23 right so, you know, but they do have great chemistry together. They work well together. They play right. off each other. I I
0: I, I I was just I didn't want to imply for people listening that I think like like they, they should be a couple or anything like that. But they have they have really great on-screen chemistry. And there's, you know, and a lot of what happens the season between the two of them is He's going out of his way to try to protect her as much as he can. But in doing so, he he doesn't tell her whole truths. And then when she finds him out, she feels betrayed. And here she is trying to trust this guy who she didn't want to like in the first place.
1: And now she does.
0: And now she does. And he keeps disappointing her. And it builds to this one, you know, a lot of times in drama, that you know, things build to like a crescendo. And sometimes they, they go past where they need to go and they become shrill. This was the like almost the opposite of that. There's a scene in the car where she's trying to get him to tell tell her something. Oh, and he where they're going. I yeah. Where, where they're going. And they're going to find Jade. Right, right. And it's something along the lines of it might have been two different bits, but it was something along the lines of, you know, s- s- don't, you know, something like please open up to me, like, please don't hold back from me. And she says it in almost a whisper. And it's a great performance. And you can all and you can see luke wilson just die a little inside mm-hmm. because he he's so like guilt-stricken like he doesn't want to lay all this on a child on the other hand she's not wrong and it's it's a really good bit of business
1: yeah no their relationship was good i mean and again i like one thing i liked about this this season was that they like, had that issue they didn't spend every episode on it and it didn't just get right.
0: resolved at the very end as part of like
1: no. Well, we beat the gag guy, so I'm cool with everything now.
0: Yes. Thanks yeah. for lying to me. I understand, you know, you were just trying to protect me now. No, they they,
1: they dealt that earlier. So, right. we had the arc of that, but it still, you know, and still kept going everything else.
0: Yeah. Um I want to take a minute here um and say like I said that the writing on this uh is pretty sharp. I think it's one of the best ones uh of of all the various CW shows. I think the only one that I think had I think the one that had the best writing and it's too bad it only lasted one season was a Swamp thing Jesse and oh, I yeah. love the crap out of that I
1: watched that when I was on
0: DC Universe and that
1: I was so wishing for a second season that was so I, damn good. I keep crossing
0: my fingers HBO Max I'll dump the butt you know dump money into it but um well you know everything could use a little edge you know with the with the writing and what better edge to get yourself than grammarly One <laughs> are my exhaustive plugs for you listeners of TV party tonight on the Rattlers Broadcasting Network brought to you by W2M, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right, we are into the second half of the hour we're going to spend on this. Tell me about your thoughts on Eclipso. There are two things. One,
1: I mean, I know it's a TV budget. I was not thrilled with the look of Eclipseo. I it would have preferred to save that to the end. Mm-hmm. However, that little kid mm-hmm. was great, I thought. He delivered mm-hmm. that stuff perfectly. I thought that little kid was great as Eclipso and creepy as L, and like I wish yeah. they could have kept him more as the kid and actually see the real look so more sparingly than they did
0: does Eclipso in the comic book look like a scroll from the Marvel Universe the way this one did
1: sometimes yes okay. and it does can wear that costume so it was pretty accurate but sometimes accurate doesn't always work No. and especially like some of the makeup just seemed you know what it can remind me of like even though it doesn't look exactly like that I kept thinking I was watching Leprechaun <laughs> okay well, and I think especially that last episode, especially when like when they're fighting him at the end, and like there's a lot of sh- more shadows there, it would have worked better. Mm-hmm. And maybe save more money and make it a little, you know, put more money into it because it's only being used in like one episode. Yeah, and use that kid more because that kid was creepy as hell, and he was. Yeah, funny.
0: I hope he gets more work. That he is a great actor. I mean, I don't think he needs to ascend into uh, into the movies, but. Like get him some more television work. He's really good.
1: Yeah, he was, and he he didn't overdo it. I mean, either it's him, and well, it's him, and or whoever's directing, coaching this kid. Mm-hmm. Good, you know, did it great. Like they got what out of him exactly what they needed. He didn't overdo it. He just did it, you know, just right.
0: Yeah, there was an air of subtlety to his performance. You know, where he wasn't like a child doing mustache twirl. He was, he he was, like I said, being subtle. You know, subtle yet menacing. It was a really, some interesting work for a child actor.
1: It was almost like he was saying what he's saying about like killing people and torturing mm-hmm. people. But with like a child's innocence, like he did it but he, with a child's innocence. But yet he still knew exactly what he was doing. Right. And it was, so like, yeah, he was great as a clip.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: the other clips, I'll wait to the end and put
0: more money into it.
1: <laughs> it just felt a little off to I mean, at least to me, it felt a little off looking at him.
0: Eclipso is the second, uh, if this had been split into two halves, you know, one airing first part of the year, second half airing the second part of the year, like you do yeah. with a full 26 or 23 episode show, Eclipso was the second half of the year. The first half is getting the, you know, it's trying to put the band back together. We're trying to get the ASA back together. What's her face? Dra- Dragon King's daughter. I loved her in this season. Last season, she was yet she was yet another insufferable person. She, she was a little too.
1: Her best part I'll... is the part when she breaks breaks into Courtney's room, goes into Courtney's mm-hmm. room and's eating the candy with her.
0: Yes, yeah, that seems good from season one because they uh, have good chemistry together. Yes, they do. She got ridiculous, and and I don't know how much of that is the actress. I, I'm I'm almost guaranteeing the actress is probably fine. I think it was the way she was written and. What she was given to work with, uh, I thought, was a bit over the top at times, and then towards the end, it just got it just, just got too stupid for me. But um, this season, she has a really she has a lot of really like subtly funny moments, yeah, especially especially when she uh, once um, Courtney rescues her from the Shadowlands, and they have to team up together, and she has some really funny bits also with Yolanda, unintentionally funny bits with Yolanda. She's a really I I realized this season how much how good of an actress she is because while she doesn't always have the most the best stuff to do she has really great line delivery and credit where credits do a lot of good like body acting. She 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 does some stuff with her body in some of these scenes where she's just talking to somebody which cracked me up, you know, a little shift of the shoulder, that that sort of thing. Oh,
1: but you can tell she does not give a damn at all for yeah. like that. they're talking to her and she's like, "Oh, really? That's so interesting." And you can tell <laughs> my, the body. She's like, "I really don't give a damn if you just drop
0: dead and stop talking now." <laughs> I think uh, the bit where she's in the kitchen and she's like eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> this is delicious. Thank you so much. <laughs> so good. Yeah. What would you think of the first half of the season where she's putting the band back together?
1: No. Uh, it was expected. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Eclipso twist. I mean, I knew Eclipso was part of it because we saw that before. And you knew he was getting a B problem. But I didn't realize they were going to kind of cut that so short
0: mm-hmm. and jump
1: right into the Eclipso. Like, it's like, he's like, nope, nope. You guys aren't the big bad. I am. Right. You know, and that was, I, I that was fun I, that I liked. It's like, cause the kids fighting were like a little, they were very petulant about it.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and the fact is we got out of that pretty damn quick. I mean, Artemis runs away and doesn't mm-hmm. come back until the very, you know, really doesn't come back. And uh, what's his name? New Fiddler just gets killed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're going to go through this quick. Like, this is not the main point of this, the season. Eclipse is the main point. So we're going to go.
0: I thought for sure they were going to try to in- encourage the brother. Which that reminds me, I got to ask about Jim Gaffigan. But um I, I thought for sure, especially after he had to give up the Thunderbolt, that that his arc in this was that he was going to be seduced to the dark side and then have to be like rescued so by Star Girl.
1: And they tricked me with that. It's like, no, she's like, you're,
0: I don't want you to. She just
1: laughed in his face.
0: She's like, Poor oh, kid. that's cute.
1: I don't want you. You're
0: bait. Right. Um, All right. So. If you don't have anything else to add about the uh, about the villains there, I did want to talk about Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> I love his. I don't know if you've ever seen his co- his stand up. Yes. Okay. I I find him to be very funny. I've he's got a couple now on Amazon Prime that I've watched. Uh, apparently, he has like a hundred kids. Um, he he's a very funny guy, and he'll show up in play. He's kind of like Patton Oswald, where he'll just kind of show up in places where like, wait, what are you doing here? Yeah. And he definitely gets a lot of voice work.
1: He did, I, yeah, it does a lot of voice work. But yeah, I know. I like his comedy. I like him. Um, I didn't realize he was going to be Thunderbolt until he started talking. And I'm like, I know mm-hmm. that voice. So I thought that was good. It was makes sense the car- kind of character Johnny Thunder and his stories were in the comics that they would make the Thunderbolt kind of this lighthearted type, fun character, mm-hmm. especially when it's it, it does work like that, where it's like, if you don't say the thing right, Thunderbolt's going to do exactly what you say, and that's it. So if you right. say, make the villain, you know, turn this guy into toast, <laughs> he's going to turn him into toast. Yeah, Literally. it's like
0: operating an old DOS computer. You yeah. have to be very specific in your commands.
1: Yeah, yeah. But so I, I like that. Speaking of that, by the way, I had to look it up. I didn't realize that's Ethan Embry as Johnny Thunder in the flashbacks. Uh, Ethan Embry, that thing you do. Do you ever see Empire Records?
0: Yes, he's Mark. Oh, okay, cool. Remember
1: the one that gets eaten by the big plant when in, in, you know, by with Guar.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's him. He's Johnny Thunder.
1: Huh. I didn't realize that was him, and I look. I was happening to looking at him, like, "Holy crap, that's Ethan Embry!" I'm like, damn.
0: So, um, so I've been guiding the conversation here. Uh, I know how I want to end this, mm-hmm. but. Uh, what have we not talked about that stood out to you this season? What did you like, didn't like? What do you uh, What do you want to talk about?
1: Well, one thing I want to say is I'm very glad at the end of the season, Cameron's grandparents told him because there does not seem to be much chemistry between him and Courtney at all. So hopefully this will end their romantic subplot because mm-hmm. there's no interest there. Yeah, I watched this and it's like, that's nice. <laughs> it's like, that's nice. Why are you guys interested in each other? I don't yeah. feel it's very awkward. Yeah, he, there. He, at he, least he, for me, like, there's nothing there.
0: No, I don't disagree with you. First of all, Courtney's too much in love with being a superhero. <laughs> like, I, that 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 seems to be her character. Is that she she loves being Star Girl, and it, it's it will. I I think you know she's a teenage girl, so it's hard not to. You know, it's hard for her in particular not to find boy, you know, boys fun and attractive but i think like she's so distracted by being a superhero and it's so foremost on her mind that you know po- the possibility of being in love with this other boy uh seems so far away and from his perspective he seemed to be very much caught up in mem- memorializing his father. Yeah. And they were not on the same track at all.
1: No, not at all. So he's that's probably done for next season if you know because
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm sure he's going to find out all about her from his grandparents and be like okay i hate you. Yeah. Cuz i mean you don't paint that big thing
0: your father and then decide
1: oh i'm fine with the people who you know who are responsible for his death i'm gonna date one of them i'm cool with it
0: yeah no <laughs> i don't see that happening yeah. uh what else al what else did you like dislike
1: um let's see what else i like this like I was say. oh i liked how they delve more into the past of the jsa mm-hmm. we
0: you
1: know it wasn't just background They actually was they keep you know they keep up with it i like to use a lot of the characters we saw more than we mm-hmm. expected and I expected, you know, and they tease more. So hopefully maybe eventually we'll see the specter
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, you know, and the uh, I like John Lewis, ship playing the flash again. Mm-hmm. So that was always good.
0: I was surprised we didn't get more of Joel McHale. Well, I,
1: it looks like we're going to get more of at least more of him for at least an episode or two next season.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is they teased him going in from the, from the first season to the second season. We see him in at the beginning of the season, we get him in flashbacks as they're also trying to figure out what to do with the and, you know, they're all struggling with his murder and all of that. And so, like, we got him there. I just, I thought he was going to play. here Here's my issue. I thought he was going to play a bigger role in season two. And then he kind of just shows up at the end from, <laughs> from off camera. And, you know, I don't... you saw I, Ghostbusters, I... right? Yeah, I
1: yeah, well,
0: I mean he's staying with them now, so hopefully we'll at least
1: see him for an episode or two next season and right. find out why. Although I will say one thing, that's right. They did get me there. When the mother mm-hmm. opens the door and says, It's you, I assumed it was gonna be the shade. Right. You know, I'm like, well, that's yeah, it's a shade. And it wasn't, it was him. So
0: they I just, did they did play I,
1: that, so good for them.
0: I don't know. I didn't love <laughs> on the one hand, like that's why I compared it to Ghostbusters. Um when you know when the ghost of spoilers when the ghost of Egon shows up to help his granddaughter, you know fight Zul. It's a very nice. It's a very nice scene. It's a very nice moment. Kind of wish that it stopped there, but that's a whole other review. Um, yeah, they
1: they should they could have got rid of him a little sooner. I thought,
0: and and a few of his cohorts that whole okay i i you can we can talk separately if you want if you want to hear or (laughs) listen to my actual rant about this on the ghostbusters review that we did my point is helping out in the moment i can live with and it's very nice um when it's earned and in ghostbusters i felt like egon's moment with his granddaughter was earned they were doing that the entire picture yes here it's i we can't beat this thing on our own So we ex machina a solution. And while it was a nice moment for the character as a viewer, not particularly satisfying.
1: It was a little out of left field, him showing up. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that. That definitely was a bit of out of left field. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus, as far as we knew, he was dead. Right. So, and unlike with Dr. Midnight, we didn't have the whole season about, Finding out he's not dead and bringing him back, right? Because they had a progression no. for that.
0: The, the, you're making my point. Like with, and I and I'd actually forgotten about Doctor Midnight was something I wanted to talk about. But like Doctor Midnight, the whole season, as you said, there were, you know, there they're building up to him coming back, and so when he does, it's it's a satisfying moment that pays off an entire season's worth of storytelling. When Starman shows up, it just feels like. Is this not supposed to be about the kids? Why are you here? Why are you helping? You haven't been around this whole season.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, maybe they'll, what we get in season three, the beginning of season three, like finding out why he's not dead, maybe that will mm-hmm. redeem, you know, retro retroactively redeem it. Because had... it'll fill it in the gaps. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. I had I more mean, of a like a yay warm fuzzy feeling a heroic cheer at the TV moment when this when this staff came back to life at least <laughs> <laughs> oh I did love the staff and the dog
1: playing yeah because it seems like they give him the staff like they're just going with it anyway The staff has mm-hmm. its own like little almost intelligence so
0: yeah it's like the it's carpet from Aladdin
1: yeah so it's perfect him playing with the uh playing with the dog I would not Mm -hmm. mind seeing more little bits of it like here and there in the background like they have two pets
0: all right so and I bring this up all the time I'm sure people playing Rattledge and broadcasting bingo uh have now heard me mention this one and they'll they'll fill out their cards accordingly you know you've watched uh Patrol yeah no not the new season okay but I've seen Uh, the first two obviously so my favorite thing about the season, season one of Doom Patrol, which is that's the other one besides Swamp Thing that's really written, written well, mm-hmm. um, is when Alec Utek at the end is like, "Now we get to the punchy part," <laughs> and they're mocking comic book shows, they're mocking comic book movies. That everything has you know, for a while there, there was the trend of the blue light in the sky and all of that. You know, everything has to end with a big fight, which is why when when Wonder Woman ends with a big speech you know it was supposed to be refreshing it just wasn't done well well that's... yeah
1: no that's something we've talked about my show where like mm-hmm. uh, especially the captain marvel stories from the 70s where he's supposed to have this big like spiritual change and he's now mm. more like he's not just a a cree soldier he's like the protector mm-hmm. of the universe and he has cosmic awareness but basically he's still just beating up the bad guys he's as we would say he's punching his way to peace yep you know the way the best way to get the peace is by punching people in the face <laughs> and yeah that's what's going to happen in these things they're still going to be punching where the way to peace
0: and 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 look that's not the issue that i have here the my my issue of this thing ending in a big slobber knocker it's a cw nighttime telly soapy soup so uh soapy soup take three soapy superhero show I accept that. I accept the flash has to run up a building, that arrow has to get into a big fist fight, and Supergirl has to, you know, move the planet out of you know back into orbit again. I accept all of those things. This one, it felt like, you know, (laughs) you'd get a you'd get a small group of them attacking Eclipso, he'd kick their ass, you'd get another small group of them kicking their ass, and then then they're all fighting him together, and he's still kicking their ass. And then, as we just mentioned, it only seems to matter when Starman shows up. And I was like, you know, it was such a well-written season, and I like the fact that they were dealing with illusion and psychology and manipulation, and then it just came down to punching, and even you know, and it just went on forever, and that's and that's all that resolves this thing. Like they, there was no clever resolution to this. It was they punched him until he was dead. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, ah, this is like, did we not know how to end this? And so, I yeah, liked as I- much as I liked this season, I did not love the ending
1: it did feel a bit like, um, like that can't be the end of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's to it's not, like it's not done. Just like it wasn't done in the flashbacks, you know, where it still was right. an issue. It's still an issue there because it didn't feel like they got too, you know, got too much. It felt and like they're they- copying basically. Uh, yeah. Which one is that? The end of
0: Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm gonna make mm-hmm. Freddy real
1: now. I'm gonna, you know, set traps right. around the house like Home Alone.
0: Right. I was going to say Avengers Endgame, I think, ha- handled something like this the best. We're sure it's a big, massive fight. It's a huge payoff to 23, you know, 23 in movies in over 10 years. But if you'll remember, the objective was not to beat Thanos's army into pudding. It was to, it was to get the gauntlet away from Thanos. Yes. Um. And, and everything was working in the service of that. And, you know, and finally, Tony gets the gauntlet and uses it to, to end things. It isn't. They didn't win because they had punched them into submission. They won because they turned Thanos' plan against him.
1: Yeah, they didn't feel like they had as much of a plan here. It was more, Mm -hmm. we're going to use light. And that pretty much was the plan. That was pretty much the whole point, the plan. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really, they could have just had her, you know, they could have, they should have woken up Jade earlier to have her go with them when they first said they had to go so they can use the two of them to, you know, blast him already. You know, and also send a Thunderbolt too. Like, all let's just right. do the three of them here, blast them, go home, have pizza.
0: Also, um, ha- possessing Stargirl for two minutes is sort of a waste of possessing Stargirl. There's so much more they could have done with that. And they were like, it was a cool visual. And that's all it amounted to, which is a little disappointing.
1: Yeah. No, it was a little
0: rushed. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe they could have used another episode and right. actually had the people who showed up at the last minute have more use. Yeah instead of just shooting him with like three arrows into baseball
0: right and then just standing there going hi overall um you know minor quibbles like i said it's this is the only cw show that i've watched like i started um in 2021 beginning of it i started watching batgirl i started watching flash i was not able to catch a single episode of supergirl or legend so And now we're into the next season of all of these things like they're into their they're into their yearly crossover now. Um, That's
1: why that explains the commercials I was seeing. I'm so behind on those and at least the ones I wanted to keep on, which was mainly Legends.
0: I'm like a season behind on that. I am. I I wanted to watch Kung Fu. I never got to watch that. I am utterly and completely a season and a half behind on everything CW except this. This is the one show I kept up on because we were going to talk about it.
1: It's easier also because this one's so on its own. Yeah, you know, complete. You know, it has nothing to do with any of the other ones. You can do it all. You know, you can do whatever they want. Yep, it doesn't affect them. Different Earth.
0: Yeah, as much as I was enjoying the the integrated Arrowverse that you know led into and was the conclusion of Crisis on Infinite Earth, which we talked about it in the archives. Al is there uh <laughs> al got mad at me because i because i had a moment where i didn't like something and he was like no rattle you're wrong <laughs> no
1: nah, don't whatever i still i like what i like i don't give a crap
0: uh um, like don't like i don't remember what it was now oh it was I, I now i do remember it was i didn't like how they handled the, the batman scene that's what it was Then we were kind oh of okay yeah no i I, had,
1: I was fine with the batman scene I think, yeah yeah
0: that's right um But But yeah, this is is the only one that... And I I feel bad because I I do enjoy the CW shows and I would like to know what's going on on Flash right now, but I'm like, literally, I haven't even finished the Mirror Master season. So...
1: I don't think I've watched Flash since Crisis.
0: Okay. Well, wow, you're even further behind than I am.
1: Flash and Supergirl were the ones that kind of lost me the most. Mm -hmm. And so if I had time, eventually I would, but I kind of lost them after Crisis. Batgirl lost me once I knew they were recasting. It was completely... like. Changing everything, and I kind of it kind of like had the effect of almost like finding out something's being canceled in two, two episodes or two issues of a comic, and you're like, Yeah, eh, who cares now?
0: I wanted to give it a chance. They were, you know, they were getting this LGBTQI uh, gal to replace her. Uh, there was a lot of to do about it. I wanted you know, I, I knew I was going to hear it from certain members of, of the comic book mo- uh, show and movie watching community. So if it could let me at least see the thing to be prepared for the argument. And not for nothing, but it lost me too. I was like, I, and it, and it just, I don't think Batwoman's a well well written no. show, especially season two. Um, I might one go one, back and give it a chance, but yeah,
1: I'll probably watch the other ones eventually. But I do want to mm-hmm. catch up first on Legends and Black Lightning. I really did enjoy Black Lightning. What I yeah. saw like the first two or three seasons of it, really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done, and that those two I want to catch up catch up on next
0: over the over Christmas while I'm off and I don't have to do other podcast stuff when i'm not otherwise engaged with family my goal i've seen every i've seen every season of supergirl except this last one and this was the last season and so in my ocd brain i have to finish supergirl it's it's you know it's 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 undone and then i will have completed the set
1: and then i'm done with it i have the whole thing
0: yeah i can ignore it forever i can put it away uh so yeah i'm gonna watch supergirl over christmas and eventually I'll, uh, I'll i'll watch legends and catch up on flash but it's gonna be a while but all of that to say but we've kept up on star girl and we will continue to do so and as you as you said because it's such an isolated show um it's easy to just kind of pick up when like we like i did here i, w- I waited for it to be done we scheduled the, the recording and i binged it in about two or three days
1: yeah i've been I watching like this the last week as i have time as you can see like i, mm-hmm. I actually watched the last like three episodes today
0: <laughs> Let's see. It's almost nine o'clock. Come on. Be I, was ready. To,
1: I was off today. So I'm like, great. I go, I can watch. Oh, no, I have to go to, to the post office. Ugh, <laughs> fine. Spend 45 minutes getting stamps because, you know, it's almost Christmas.
0: Yep. I got it. All right. Uh, so that's it. That's our Star Girl uh, season two review. Uh, it looks like season three. We get more Starman. We'll get Obsidian. We'll get Helix. Yep, uh, Mr. Bones. Mr. Uh, Bones. Mr. Bones. Miss so uh, I'm excited for it. What do you think? No, I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see
1: more. I, I do like the Crocs with the parents. They, they mm-hmm. are fun together.
0: Yes, they are, they, especially as they like to gently give Luke Wilson a little bit of jazz. So that, that's, a, that's a fun pairing.
1: Yeah, and the two moms together, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, they don't get along, but they do have almost, you know, they both are like, you know, team moms, so to speak. You know, their mom, their, their kids are both playing the same sport. Yes. And they both have the same headaches with that because (laughs) of that. So they, they can both relate to each other on that regard.
0: All right, Al, um, you do a podcast. I do a podcast. You're on my podcast. Yes, I do a podcast. I do some podcasts. I do
1: a podcast. Yep. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. It's all about the Marvel characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. It's pretty much in the name and some other, you know, Marvel cosmic type stuff. Uh, you can just find it, uh, just pipe in Adam Warlock or Thanos, whatever podcatcher you use, um, at Adam Warlock, sorry, at Adam Thanos pod on
0: Twitter. What Thanos books haven't you done? Like what's like, what are your like top two or three Thanos, Warlock or Silver Surfer books that you're like, I got to get to these one day and just haven't done it yet?
1: Uh, well, Infinity Gauntlet.
0: You haven't done the Infinity Gauntlet? That nope, wasn't like day
1: one? No, no, we started in the We're going, we're going in order more or less. Oh God! <laughs> so we what, just What would you start in the '60s? Yeah, for Warlock, yeah, he first appears okay. in like late '60s, and Thanos appears in the early '70s. But we're done with the '70s. We're in the '80s now. That's what this coming God. year is actually going to be. Okay. This year is going to be covering all because they're both dead at this point. Mm-hmm. They both die in the late '70s, and they come back in time from Infinity Gauntlet. So this is all covering all the stuff in the '80s that's kind of relative to them, or kind of flashbacks them, or things, or because of them. So, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, like, 14 episodes, like, 30 issues, just, like, speeding through all of them like that.
0: Are you, you now, is the plan to get to, like, Infinity Watch and Infinity Brigade and Infinity Nonsense and whatever else? Eventually. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's more the journey. I'm taking the journey. So, we're going from the beginning, like I said, and just going through all the stuff. So, we'll get to Infinity Gauntlet and all that eventually.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, you're not even close to that yet. Got it.
1: No, yeah, because Infinity Gauntlet was, like, what, ninety.
0: Oh, that's right. It was in the 90s. That's That's right. So I was reading. I was reading it contemporaneously at the time. Yeah, it was like
1: early 90s. So yeah, that's when we're, we're so gonna all get to
0: that. So like Infinity Watch and all of that. 93
1: and... started. It started in 93. Right after okay. Infinity Gauntlet. So yeah, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> OK,
0: I'll stop pestering you now about no. uh, about, <laughs> about your schedule.
1: Plus, you know, do some other random things, you know, cartoons mm-hmm. that feature them, things like that. That takes time too.
0: Yep. All right, um, so it was great having you here. Check out his podcast. I tweet his stuff all the time. So if you're following me on Twitter, you'll see his podcast there. In the meantime, I ran a gauntlet last night, Al. Let me tell you, I worked for 12 hours, came home, reviewed West Side Story with Alexis Haina, and then uh, ran to the bathroom, ran back again, and did another two hours with Patrick Mullen chronicling, and I think you're a wrestling fan if I remember correctly, we have ah, enjoyed it. We continued our look back at the history of WrestleMania the first 20 years, and this was a triple uh, header. We looked at WrestleMania's 11, 12, and 13, the rise oh. and fall of, yeah, it was a talk of an episode, the rise and fall of the new generation and the birth of attitude. <laughs> uh, so that was last night, Sunday. Uh, speaking of triple headers, myself, Benjamin J. Cologne, and Sean Comer. We did a special kind of long road to ruin. We, instead of comparing movies within a franchise, we compared franchises. We looked at the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, compared it to the Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, and then compared it to the two Tom Holland movies. We looked at who was the best Spider-Man, which franchises had the best villains, and overall, which franchise came closest to the comics? Who wore it best was the line I kept using. (laughs) Um, tomorrow we've got, uh, our, it's our annual Christmas show here on the metal hammer of doom. We're going to have a very poppy Christmas. We're going to listen to her single, her EP, a very poppy Christmas, and then a whole bunch of her other singles and EPs. Who? Uh, poppy. Have, do oh. you not knew the poppy. I did. I thought you meant very poppy, like just pop music. I didn't no. know this was a person. No, no, we are, we are, uh, parishioners in the church of poppy. here on the the rattle legend broadcasting network we think she's fantastic so we're gonna yeah we're gonna listen to a whole bunch of her singles tomorrow night on the metal hammer of doom jesse's been uh, doing a four-part spider-verse epic uh parts one and two have already dropped tomorrow or three and uh, thursday four speaking of thursday uh myself and alexis Haina will be reviewing spencer the eyes of tammy faye and house of gucci and then in the evening after uh after I get back from seeing Spider-Man No Way Home, um, myself, I'm going to, well, first I'm going to watch the Beatles, the third part of the Beatles Get Back documentary with my wife. But then after that, <laughs> uh, when Ronnie gets home from seeing Spider-Man, we will be talking about the two, the first two Kingsman movies. Uh, this weekend, we've got some boxing for you. We've got uh, the Otter Biev versus Marcus Brown fight. That'll either be me and Robert Winfrey or myself and Paul Farr. And Saturday, we have a re-airing of our Secret Life of Pets review from a few years back. And then in the evening, Daniel Lasby and I will be doing commentary for Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley to Electric Boogaloo. All right. Is that it? That's all? I think that's enough. My goodness. All right, Al. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. Thank you all for listening. For Al Sedano of the uh, Resurrections podcast, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.